This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Boom. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not debate in the GOP primaries last night. No, three men did, as well as the former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley. Get her out. Get her out of here. That seemed to be the theme, uh, but it would not appear uh, the former governor and U.N. ambassador is going anywhere. Uh, We will score it. Blow by blow, it got a little contentious out there. Looked like they were going to pop each other a couple of times during that debate. Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. I got to be honest, if Chris Christie would have punched Vivek Ramaswamy in the face, I'm pretty sure he would have got away with it. He knows what he's talking about. But we'll break it all down. We'll take your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons. Busy day on the show. Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. He almost got in the brawl in the Senate. If you remember, Bernie Sanders broke it up last month. Uh, And, you know, Bernie just broke up the fight because he wanted to sell tickets just to show people how capitalism leads to violence. I mean, you know, Bernie. What a fraud. Big time. Uh, But Mullen will be here. And uh, Emily Austin, we were on Gutfeld together Monday night, talks about Time's Person of the Year and a fake outrage on the left against Taylor Swift and white privilege. Democrats are so full of crap. A lot of them are, okay? But every one of them that happens to be listening to the show right now needs to know that they're not my enemy. This is not a conservative talk show. It's not a right-wing attack machine. It is a celebration of our unique American privilege. Freedom! If you live in this country, you hit the lottery. So you got three hours to help me cash that ticket. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. Just don't be a... I repeat, don't be a... Happy Thursday. Uh, If you watched me last night on Waters World with Jesse Waters, uh, thank you for the ratings. Uh, thank you, Jesse, for plugging my book, Cancel Culture Dictionary, available for pre-order now. You can get it at foxnewsbooks.com. And if you're coming to see me live in Tyler, Texas, this Saturday at Texas Music City, pre-order the book, bring your receipt. Uh, we will personalize an autograph uh, that inserts right into the book. It's custom designed that way by the publisher who loves you. They do. This was not my idea. Come on, man. I'm not that sharp. Uh, if you're watching Failavision tonight, I will be closing the Sean Hannity show in the 9 p.m. hour. I'll be the last break of the night. And then when the camera shut off and they're done applauding and you guys move on to whatever you're watching next, Hannity will make me stay an extra hour and do stand-up for his audience. That's just how white folks will do you. Oh, I'm not complaining, man. Sean Hannity, as white folks go, uh, he is as good as they come. Tell it like it is. But right now uh, is about a different group of people uh, as we get underway. What you saw last night, if you did happen to watch that debate on News Nation, 
I think most people spent the majority of their time trying to find News Nation. Some of them wound up on News Max. You can always tell you're on News Max because you see the director in the shot holding up his iPhone, filming the actual broadcast. All right, action. Hold on, hold on. I got the camera pointed at me. I got to reverse the signal. Uh, but the point is, it was News Nation. Uh, I thought the moderators uh, did a good job of commandeering this thing. I think one of the advantages they had that previous debates lacked was the field was a lot smaller. Okay, this thing started off with like 10 people, eight people. Okay, getting it down the four was significant because people had a lot more room to make plays. And I would tell you if you are a Ron DeSantis fan, uh, he made plays. Uh, Ron DeSantis did a lot of good things last night. Wrong. No, he did. He genuinely did. Uh, Can he smile genuinely on camera? The answer would be no. And I know you say to me, Jimmy, who cares? As long as he could do the job, in theory, you are correct. But when it comes to winning an election in a multimedia age like the one we're in, uh, your relatability, your TV savvy is more importantly than, important than your policies. Sad. That's sad. Okay, Gavin Newsom was able to survive a recall despite the fact that he has turned his state into a giant outdoor toilet. But he's charismatic, he's telegenic, he's full of it, like the sidewalks in San Francisco. But the point is, okay, being media savvy goes a long way, okay, until it doesn't. Vivek Ramaswamy was a guy who made a splash in the early going and is very much running to be president of Twitter. And what I mean by that is he loves to get on stage and use the big buzzwords, oh, neocon, or corrupt, rhino, all the stupid stuff. But in truth, he's just proving to be an arsonist for the party. And the reason I say that is because he's ginning up so much anger towards the people who likely will be the nominee that it will ultimately hurt the Republican Party in the general election because he has no chance of winning. He's in the same camp as Chris Christie. Chris Christie has a better chance of winning than Vivek does. And I'm not telling you Chris Christie has any chance of winning. Okay, but last night he continued to duke it out with Vivek, who's annoying. Okay, and you need to understand this. You've heard him on the show. I get on with him just fine. He's very annoying at debates. And when he pulls out props like he did in trying to say Nikki Haley was corrupt, that's the same type of reductive, intellectually lazy stuff that Republicans get mad at the Democrats for doing. Okay, you know, when the Democrats use a word like debunked, well, it's debunked. You know, we're not even going to talk about that. It's been debunked. That's what they told you when Hunter Biden's laptop came out. Oh, it's been debunked, you see. It's uh, not a thing. It's debunked. And y- that is a lie. Totally. Okay. But they give people permission when they hear certain words to tune it out. Uh, and that's what they tried to do with the Hunter Biden laptop. We'll get to that in a little while because we got more revelations regarding the president. Are you the big man, Joe? Absolutely, positively, a thousand percent without a doubt. And we will get there. Okay, but when you see those terms, oh, the Democrats, it's racist, it's transphobic, it's homophobic. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. Okay, but understand. Okay, they use those terms because it gives intellectually lazy people permission to tune out, not think critically, and just disassociate from an idea. That's COVID misinformation. Saying vaccinated people get and spread COVID. Vaccinated people can't get and spread COVID. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm -hmm. Of course it is. But they use those terms to pistol whip people into thinking the way they want them to. So last night, of course, Vivek holds up a sign, a prop, like he's doing a carrot top act in Vegas. That was embarrassing. And it says Nikki equals 
corrupt. You gotta do better than that. It's just embarrassing, okay? Because there's no link, there's no accusation, there's no history to suggest she's corrupt. I don't care if you vote for her. That's not my job. She was governor of South Carolina, did a good job. She was a U.N. ambassador, did a good job. Okay. She left public service and got a job as a spokesperson for one company, served on the board of the other, has since left both because she thought their worldviews didn't align with hers. She was against the corporate bailouts at Boeing. But when Vivek Ramaswamy gets up there and just tries to group any type of uh, job in the private sector is corruption, what you don't understand as a Republican is that he's really hampering any chance whatsoever you have to actually prove and establish legitimate corruption on the other side of the aisle. Okay, what the Bidens are accused of is like legitimately influencing our foreign policy in return for money, something you could die in prison for doing. Obama's Treasury Department filed 157 suspicious activity reports on the way Joe Biden does business. Oh, I'm in trouble. Okay, like actual corruption. His son with no background in any industry is making tens of millions of dollars despite the fact that he has no declared purpose for his business other than I'm accepting money from foreign entities that do business with the American government. I'm funneling it through 96 different bank accounts and it ultimately winds up in the president's grandkid's bank account. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? They're laundering money. Okay, but understand that real corruption gets muddied. The real societal compass goes away when you just decide anybody who's in government with aspirations to higher office that's ever done anything with corporate America is corrupt. I mean, by Vivek's own definition, this is a guy who's made a billion dollars in China, our biggest geopolitical foe known to man. That's true. That is true. He'd be considered more corrupt And I don't have any proof that he was doing anything corrupt. But if that's just association is the charge, okay, if that's the rule we were playing by, he would be corrupt. So you understand, if you're on Twitter and you speak the shorthand of Twitter, Twitter's not the real world, okay? If Twitter was the real world, there would have been a red wave. There would have been a red wave in the midterms elections, as everyone on Twitter told us. Not even close! It wasn't even a damp rag. Okay, someone drying out a washcloth and getting a trickle of water out of it. There was no red wave. There was no red tsunami. Republicans were supposed to take back the Senate and the House with overwhelming majorities. As it stands, they're sitting on a two-vote majority in the House after everyone on Twitter assured us there would be a red wave. That was embarrassing. But it wasn't because everybody in Twitter just marches on in lockstep. Vivek could be president of Twitter because he uses all the hot buzzwords that don't translate in the general election. If you want to win the general election, you need women who hate Vivek and you need swing voters, okay, who are no fan of Vivek because he's talking and again, buzzwords. Vivek was a liberal an hour ago. He voted for Barack Obama, okay? It's not to say people don't change affiliations. A lot of people listening to this show like Donald Trump, he spent his whole life donating to Democratic politicians. He was one for the vast majority of his life. Okay, his worldview evolved in later age. Okay, and whatever his motivations happen to be, they've become. Okay, but when you're out there to simply torpedo people, I'm talking about Christie trying to torpedo Trump. I'm talking about Vivek trying to torpedo the whole thing. Okay, you are damaging the party. You are actually hurting the Republican chances of winning the whole thing, if for no other reason, 
because this is the rare moment when those swing voters, when those Democrats actually hear Republican ideas articulated by Republicans. Okay, debates, when all the Republicans are on the stage and they're sharing policy and trading blows, however contentious it might get, you are at least making them or hearing them make their own case. 99.9% of the time, the media gets on TV and tells the audience what the Republicans are really saying. I know Ron DeSantis passed a bill called Parental Rights in Education, where you couldn't teach children between the ages of kindergarten and third grade anything about sex. Gay sex, straight sex, trans sex, no sex for kindergarten to third grade. I know that's what the bill's called. But it was really just him banning gay people, you see. It's a don't say gay bill. The media is a bunch of losers. But that's what they did, and they ran with it. And if you remember, Mickey Mouse, Disney World, tried to shake down the government government of Florida. No, no, you banned gay people. Hello? Florida has not banned gay people. And anybody who tells you they have has never been to Key West. I think he's got a point. Okay, but stick with me. The media bastardizes Republican views, Republican policies, okay? They don't need Republicans doing it for them, too. But that's exactly who Vivek Ramaswamy is. I don't know if he's running for a position in Trump's cabinet. I don't know if he wants to be Trump's VP. I know damn sure he doesn't think he has any chance of winning this thing. He's like he's pulling in low single digits right now. But he's out there because he has money, you know, because he got rich in China uh, and then tells you, you know, everybody up on the stage is corrupt because they do business with all these corporations that do business in China. Uh, But you understand, okay, Vivek, who, you know, TikTok is the devil, but he's all over TikTok playing tennis with his shirt off, okay, is full of it. And Brian Kilmeade handed him his ass on Fox and Friends this morning, and I will play you the clip when we come back. But what you have to understand is you could like whoever you want in this primary right now. My job is not to steer your vote. But it's such a fallacy. The adult temper tantrum Republicans are throwing on Twitter when they go, well, my guy doesn't get it. I'm not voting. I'm sitting this one out. You are so full of sh. No, you're not, you idiots. You're not going to let Biden do this for another four years of the country. Why? Because you live in the country. And as it goes, we go. So the Republicans saying, I'm not, it's not Trump, I'm not voting. It's not DeSantis, screw it. If it's not Haley, screw it, okay? Those people are no better than the celebrities who say if they lose the election, they're moving out of the country. Here's a newsflash. Nobody is moving out of the country because it's the greatest country in the history of the world. Has it lost its way? Yes. But there's a reason nobody protesting America ever offers to leave America. It's because this is it. If you live here... You have American privilege. You live in the upper 1% of upward mobility and possibilities of life in this country. But you understand we do need a change in leadership. And everybody who's throwing a temper tantrum about their candidate, because I learned this phrase on Twitter or that phrase or Vivek said this, you're ultimately going to have to vote for one of these people. And it might not be the candidate you like right now. But you understand to borrow from Joe Biden, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. Okay, Joe Biden's words are very much going to come back to haunt him in the general election because he happens to be the president right now. Okay, he happens to be the president. And yes, the Republican Party is as fractured as hell. Okay, but the God's honest truth is anything in the Republican Party is better than the alternative. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. 
And you, you're always right. You're listening to the man with the fashion sense that's all his own. Looks like a gay bag lady. <laughs> this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to play you some debate highlights in a second. But a good friend of the show on hold patiently. Just want to get a take, get the ball rolling here. Basically, this is my way of telling you uh, I'm a little banged up. I've been in this building since 5 a.m. I'll be here till around midnight. It's your day to host the show and carry this thing, Fox Across America. Let's get moving. All right, you heard the bugle player, Kevin, down in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Take it away. What's up, man? Jimmy, wow. What an <laughs> honor. Hey, you know, I almost watched the debate last night. I, 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 I download the News Nation app, mm-hmm. and I'm streaming my Roku, and I go there, and it says News Nation Live, and I get a recording. Everything there was a recording, and then finally I go to Sling, and it says you got to pay $6. And I'm like, I ain't paying $6. So no. after 25 minutes of trying to find it. <laughs> Listen, on that stage, if you've got an extra $6, send it to the candidate you like because they can use it. Those guys are they're in bad shape. Haley has money. DeSantis has money, but it'll dry up if he doesn't win Iowa. Uh, Vivek and Christie are just dueling torpedoes from either side. But what did you think of what you did see or the highlights you watched? Yeah, so I saw the highlights and I and I watched the other debate. And I think Nikki Haley's had two Ronald Reagan moments. You know that famous moment where he says he won't hold uh, Mondale's age against him for his lack of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know experience and wisdom. And and Nikki Haley, which I'm, I don't want to like her, I'm a Trump guy, but mm-hmm. you know that high heel remark, she flashed that smile. <laughs> she kind of used her femininity yeah. to her advantage. And then last night I saw that clip, you know, and she's like, "Well, I'm flattered by all the attention, guys." And then that smile again, and I'm. <laughs> Like, there it is. No, she's she got an angle because they said it about fundraising. You know, you guys are just jealous that you don't have the money. She has, listen, I've interviewed her a few times. I've talked to her a few times off the air. The thing with me and politicians is I, the ones I met, uh, I'm always more passionate about them if I've met them off the air. And I know they genuinely mean it. Uh, okay. And she has a sincerity uh, on a social level, not on the level you see on TV and the radio. She has a sincerity socially that I appreciate. Um, the reason she's picking up as much steam as she is is because a lot of the big donors obviously really want to win the election and they see what the Democrats are trying to do with Trump and they don't feel comfortable believing he's going to be around. It's not to say he won't be, but understand the Democrats will try anything if they think it'll get rid of Trump. So they got to have a backup QB. We're back after this. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. 
His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So shut up for a We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence. Not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, if you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this. I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. And while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting her. All he knows how to do is insult good people who have committed their lives to public service and not say anything that moves the ball down the field for the United States. Wow. That is Chris Christie characterizing Vivek Ramaswamy. This guy's a serious ass. Now, I don't doubt a lot of people listening love the things Vivek is saying. Just understand he was saying the opposite a year ago. Okay, I've had him on the show. I met him. I've, you know, personally enjoyed talking to the guy. Uh, But I get it. I get the grift. I get the way you can game terminology in this day and age and rally people. Oh, the pure, you know. The neocons, the rhinos, you know, he got he had a real rough dust up with Brian Kilmeade this morning. I'll play that one for you as well. Uh, Understand. What everyone in the Republican Party, that's like a militant Twitter guy, like no more money for Ukraine. Hey, can I just give you a newsflash? I'm tired of giving money to Ukraine. But do you want to know why I'm tired of giving money for Ukraine? Not because we're giving money to Ukraine but because we're not doing anything for this country. Okay, giving money to Ukraine when Russia invades them, okay, despite the fact that it is our weakness on the world stage that provoked this invasion, okay, the fact that, you know, we were threatening them with sanctions they didn't respect, and everybody was like, well, if you think the sanctions are going to stop the war, uh, we should probably apply them before the invasion. And they were like, no, no, stop it. These sanctions are so severe, they're not even going to think about invading. And then they invaded. Okay, the point is, we look weak on the world state, so Russia invaded Ukraine. Once our weakness emboldens a dictator like Putin and does that, okay, whether it's our fault or not, when these sort of things happen, okay, Ukraine neighboring a NATO ally, we would traditionally offer some type of backstage support. The problem I have with sending money to Ukraine again and again and again is we're sending money all over the world, but we're not doing anything for us. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. What the Viveks of the world get wrong is you just demonize one end of it. I know some buzzwords about Zelensky and Zelensky sucks. He's a scam. I don't like the idea that we're doing this. I genuinely don't. But if you wanted to really take this to a place that didn't hurt the Republican Party, but was also substantive, you'd talk about how our energy policy is what's funding, okay, the attacks in Ukraine. 
if we were a net exporter of oil, that in turn cheapens the value of Vladimir Putin's product, at which point he can't afford to pull this crap. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. So this is an opportunity when it comes to funding for Ukraine to draw a distinction between the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. Hey, I know we don't all agree on how much money to send to Ukraine, but we can all agree that in the Republican Party, we're not going to be held hostage by the climate scam. We're going to boost domestic energy production, empower our economy, and kneecap the dictators we claim to oppose on the world stage. That's the talking point. But when you get up there and you're like, well, Nikki gave a speech for Boeing, so she'd send your kids to war so she could buy a better house. That's a great soundbite if you're an idiot. But there's nothing in her body of work that suggests that's the case. I'm sure she has a fine house. But the idea, you hear phrases like that, and you go, yeah, I'm tired of these people sending the kids to war so they get a bigger house. I'm not telling you that doesn't happen. I'm not telling you the Black Rocks of the world aren't influential. I'm not telling you that. But in a Republican debate, when you're running to be president of Twitter, you're leveling the types of attacks that only appeal to that hive mind of Twitter conservatives who have, I got to be honest, man, no bearing, no bearing on the electorate right now. They really don't influence the amount of people you think they do. You're like, oh, 63,000 likes. You know how many people voted Republican in the last election? 81 million. Okay, Elon Musk did the world a service, a service by buying Twitter. Okay, but he should have stopped there. That's true. That is true. The fact that Elon has the site amplifying certain conservatives on purpose, trying to boost engagement, and the fact that he is weighing in politically, and he's not always good at it, has discredited the free speech on Twitter, and it's allowed the left to portray it as just a right-wing shout factory, a right-wing echo chamber. And Twitter isn't influential in mainstream politics because no other sources of media are referring to it. Okay, 10% of the population's on Twitter. Okay, you want to win this election, you need about 50% of the population to come your way. You can't do it if your goal is to thrive on Twitter by attacking your fellow Republican. That's where Vivek is such a waste of space. So here he is. I'm going to give you a couple of quick exchanges between him and Haley. And then I'll give you his exchange with Kilmeade so you get it. Okay. Now, if you remember, if you've been following the Vivek saga, okay, in debate number one, he said everybody up here is bought and paid for. They're owned by the lobbyists. That's where it started. That's how he opened the debate. That's good right-wing talk. Lobbyist, bad. Never mind that every politician on the stage is going to take money from whoever gives it to them. And why is that the case, Jimmy? Why is that the case? It costs a lot of money to run for political office. And that's the bottom line. They're going to take the money. Okay, but understand this. Okay, there is a distinction between taking the money and acting on the money, number one. But number two, to take it to a bigger place, if you follow the Vivek saga, he became a darling of right-wing Twitter by saying everybody was bought and paid for in the first debate. Second debate at the Reagan Library, he got attacked right off the bat, and he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No shooting in the tent, you guys. We're at the Reagan Library. In the spirit of Reagan, we don't attack one another in the Republican Party. That's what he said in the second debate. We don't attack each other. Why? Because the fire was now trained on him. Now we get to this debate. 
Here's his characterization of Nikki Haley. This is the guy who says we don't attack our fellow Republicans, calling her a puppet. Clip six. I preach this to the left, but it's even worse when Republicans try to play the same game. We're talking about that trans issue. And Nikki Haley's campaign launch video sounded like a woke Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light ad talking about how she would kick in heels. At the first debate, she said that only a woman can get this job done. That's what she said. After the third debate, when I criticized Ronna McDaniel after five failed years of leadership of this party and criticized Nikki for her corrupt foreign dealings as a military contractor, she said that I have a woman problem. Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. You have a corruption problem. And I think that that's what people need to know. Nikki is corrupt. And he got booed pretty aggressively after that. You suck, you jackass. But understand, okay, buzzwords. Her campaign launch video sounded like a woke Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light ad. I mean, in my opinion, that sucked. Because all he's doing is grouping together Twitter buzzwords to cater to that mindset. How would a Nikki Haley video sound like a woke Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light ad? There's a strong difference between Nikki Mulvaney, uh, Nikki Haley and, and Dylan Mulvaney. OK, both of them are wearing dresses. OK, one of them has a that's the truth. What the hell did you just say? It's not woke Bud Light Dylan Mulvaney. Woke Bud Light Dylan Mulvaney is a man in a dress pretending to be a woman. Okay, that's what it is. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Okay, and that's just reality. But why is he trying to slander Nikki with that? Why? Because that works on Twitter. Well, we know they don't like Bud Light. Bud Light! Dylan Mulvaney! Rah! Woke! Rah! Stupid. Stupid. If you're trying to win the general election, you guys, general election is really important. Really important if you want to be in the White House. You can't get into the White House. You can't do it without winning the general election. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. So understand, if that's the goal, okay, what Vivek is doing is so detrimental to the Republican chances. Okay, but let me give you the Nikki Haley response, because she's a puppet and blah, blah, blah. This is clip three. First of all, we weren't bankrupt when I left the U.N. We're people of service. My husband is in the military, and I served our country as U.N. ambassador and governor. It may be bankrupt to him, but it certainly wasn't bankrupt to us. Secondly, I did serve on the board of Boeing. I did a lot of work with Boeing when I was governor. They were a great partner to me. I served for 10 months. And then when they decided after COVID that they wanted to go for a corporate bailout, I've never supported corporate bailout, so I respectfully stepped back and got off the board. Mm, So there you go. But Vivek Ramaswamy, who says you never attack your, hey, we're all Republicans here. Here it is, clip five. Nikki, you were bankrupt when you left the U.N. After you left the U.N., you became a military contractor. You actually started joining service on the board of Boeing, whose back you scratched for a very long time, and then gave foreign multinational speeches like Hillary Clinton is. And now you're a multimillionaire. That math does not add up. It adds up to the fact that you are corrupt. I mean... That was embarrassing. Corrupt would mean illegal money. Corrupt would mean trading the money for government favors. 
Do we have any indication of any of that? The answer would be no. But you understand, people hear it and like, oh, corrupt, yeah, Vivek, go get her. Bunch of people with no profile picture on Twitter. He's the guy. Woo! It's so embarrassing. But you understand, Vivek bringing his buzzwords about Ukraine to Fox and Friends this morning and wants to talk history and geopolitics with Brian Kilmeade. Brian Kilmeade. Okay, we talk about the GOAT when you're talking about world history is as knowledgeable as anybody. The guy actually writes his books. He's writing a, he writes you a history book like every hour and a half. He's a machine. And here is Vivek on Fox and Friends, okay, trying to peddle his Twitter foreign policy. Never mind that he was a Democrat a year ago. Here's the beginning of the pleasantries, clip 15. Are you comfortable with Russia taking as much as Ukraine as they want? Are you comfortable pulling all our aid out? And do you really believe that Vladimir Putin will agree not to have an alliance with China? I think we have to be play hardball there and make a hard deal that requires any reneging on that deal to have major consequences. Like what? Like for sanctions so like we have right now? Well, look, I think that we have to be able to have real consequences, maximum pressure campaign. We have sanctions. We don't have a maximum pressure campaign. And I can go into the details of that, and I have at the Nixon Library and elsewhere. But what I'm saying, Brian, is the clear principles are this war doesn't advance U.S. interests. Yes, the it Russia, does. China if you give up Eastern Europe, if you give up Eastern Europe, we're being a war. If I may ask your question, if right. you ask the question, but, but, I want to make sure I answer it. You, I'm it is detailed, in our interest. Detailed contours of a deal. I think it is not in our interest to strengthen the Russia-China alliance, and I think our policy it's right now be done is anyway. driving Russia further into China's well, arms. It's going to be I done anyway. With you, you, I you cannot with you keep that. Russia from China. And he's kill me, he's right. You can't keep Russia from China. But here's the rest of it. Clip 16. Nixon did this in 1972. And, Brian, respectfully, people like you said the same thing, that Nixon right. couldn't do it. Uh, well, it takes an outsider was, who's skeptical seven. of that establishment. That's going to be me. Uh, I was seven well, years I mean, old. But you, uh, we, we, but, we can but, both, but, we but, just, both so, students well, okay, history. I, I, and I, but, so but, I trust but, you but, to know that. Are you comfortable <laughs> giving up Eastern Europe? Because you know they're already taking Moldova, I'm, already making moves on the Baltic already. They're taking more and more pieces of I'll Georgia. Tell you what I'm not comfortable and all with. we've done is sit there and send blankets and MREs, and we got an invasion. So what is going to be next? Because we have no idea how Ukraine has spent $200 billion of our money. We're forking over more taxpayer money. Do you so see how they fight? The crack can buy These guys house. are the best that's fighters corrupt, in the world. And the, I'm not going to stand for Ukrainians that. are probably the best fighters in the world. Ukraine is not some democracy. Ukraine is fighting Ukraine, for their sovereignty. Well, you, and they were I mean, invaded. The news they would have invaded. Ukraine has actually assassinated a former presidential candidate from 2019. It just makes you sound so naive. Media doesn't like to report that. So naive. Well, you just give up Ukraine and then I a few years you'll be criticizing Joe Biden for giving up Ukraine. <laughs> so that's basically what he's saying. Okay, they're fighting over foreign policy. But the point is, if you're Vivek, okay, you're trying to win the general. The point is, if you're a Republican... Okay, the problem is not that we're sending money to Ukraine because we cannot appease dictators. Vladimir Putin can't be invading countries. Don't ever forget. We criticized Barack Obama to the moon and back when he drew a red line. Okay, and they crossed it. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Okay, in this instance, they crossed it. And again, the Democrats aren't doing anything about it. It's not that we're funding Ukraine. It's that we're not funding America. You should be able to do both, but are we doing that in the Biden White House? The answer would be no. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I watched the News Nation GOP debate, so you wouldn't have to. Jason's down in Longview, Texas. Lord knows what he did last night. Jason! Hey, Jimmy. My man, did you catch any of that debate or no? Did you tune it out like most I of the country? I did watch it, you know, and I was telling the, the call screener that as I'm watching it, I think that they just missed a word in the title. The vice president mm-hmm. uh, debate is, is kind of what it was. I think one of them <laughs> are just fighting to become the vice president is all it's going to be. Yeah. Well, listen, this is the deal. If nothing changes, Trump will be the nominee, as you know. But what right. the, the reality of the situation is, okay, the Democrats are trying a lot of things that you see, and they're going to try additional things that you don't see. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to take Trump off the ballot, but if Trump winds up going to jail, which he really may get convicted in Georgia, it's not to say Republicans ain't going to vote for him because they sure are. But the Democrats are trying to maneuver in a way that will make it almost impossible for crossover Democrats and swing voters to vote for him, at which point one of these other candidates could go from debating for VP to debating for P. OK, we're not there yet. Uh, it's Trump's race to lose at the moment. But you understand his path is about to get a lot more complicated because they're really railroading the guy straight up. I mean, this Jack Smith trial is supposed to start the night before Super Tuesday, which is the biggest campaign event of the primary season. So I talk about this stuff. A lot of conservative hosts don't. But you need to talk about it because the voters need to understand just the same. They are trying to do something to Trump that is absolutely election interference. Absolutely. But if it works, then we need a plan B. So that's the point I make. Uh, That being said, who do you think would make a good VP? If the election was tomorrow, it's Trump's nomination. Who who had the best night? Well— I mean, there's there's the animosity between Trump and uh, DeSantis, but mm-hmm. I think DeSantis would be the best partner. I think you get He's the good. Hispanic vote with DeSantis. Yep. I think, mm-hmm. you know, as a vice president, he becomes the border czar. Yep. Uh, you know, I think there's and then I think you got a White House for 12 years. Yeah, that's the thing. If you get the right VP in there, you really have a, a legitimate shot. And that'd probably be the best thing for us. Jason, I'll be in your neighborhood tomorrow. If you're around, come hang out with us in Tyler. OK, buddy. We're going to come see you. Oh, that's the spirit. All right, rock and roll. I'll see you down there. Quick commercial break. We are back with Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom. Back in action. Big hour coming up. Of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener. And I say you in the singular sense. Everybody tuned out after that crap in the last hour. But we'll turn it around. We'll turn it around in this hour, I kid. 888-788-9910 if you want in. Uh, You know the rules on the program. You can be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. The only thing we ever ask. We don't ask anything on this show. You don't get homework. Nothing. We don't. You don't need to vote the way I do. Nothing. You don't have to like everything that comes out of my mouth. The only thing we ever ask is that just, hey, don't be a That is it. That's all you got to do on this show. A lot of guys, you know, see it my way or get off the phone. We're not doing that to you. You just can hang out. It's a talk show. Remember, I loved talk shows when I was a cab driver, when I was a young kid. Just hear somebody's ideas. Be like, I agree. I don't agree. I'll call in and tell this guy sucks. Whatever. Talk shows. It's great. But it's not like, uh, you know, I'm not looking to preach to a choir or yell at a choir. I'm not even looking to expand the size of the choir. I don't care what you do. We live in America. The whole point of being here 
E pluribus unum, out of many one, we can all go off and do our own thing. Freedom! But understand there's a healthy respect and appreciation for that freedom, which means when push comes to shove, despite the fact that we don't all vote the same way, we are all on the same team. And sadly, the reality of our politics right now is we have a team. We have an offense and a defense, Republicans, Democrats, and we're fighting in the locker room all day. But at some point, uh, we are asked in this life to run onto the field as a team and play common enemies. And right now, we're too busy fighting in the locker room (laughs) to actually play good ball as a country. So me, as a guy who cares about the country... I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. So I'm trying to give you a conversational port in the storm. Uh, But as we get into hour number two, okay, there is a lot going on, uh, some of which happens to involve the president of the United States. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Okay. Biden, you know, if you've been following the Hunter Biden story, okay, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the juxtaposition between the messages then and the messages now. If you remember, when the Hunter Biden laptop first surfaced, they said, that's Russian disinformation. Turned out to not only be true, but we found out that the FBI knew it was true a full year before the FBI told us that it wasn't true. That's not right. Okay, 51 former intelligence officials, the same ones who said Trump was colluding with Russia. It was made up by these sick people. But the same people, sick people, if you will, that said Trump was colluding with Russia, came back around and said, oh, Russia's behind the laptop, you see? That is offensive, and it is not true. And understand, okay, that's where the Biden family started on Hunter's businesses. There's no business. There's no laptop. I don't have anything to do with this. And then the election was over, and all the newspapers who said it was fake and published a letter from 51 former intelligence officials the big editors at the New York Times and the Washington Post, what did they say? Oh, yeah, by the way, that laptop was real. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Okay. So the story went from this is Russian disinformation to this is real. Okay. The Biden story went from I've never talked to my son's business partners to, okay, fine. Here's pictures of me with my son's business partners. Here's emails of me with my son's business partners. Here's records that I've called into my son's business meetings on speakerphone 22 different times, but I was only doing it to talk about the weather. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. You notice the story shifted from there was no business and I've never talked about the business to find I've talked to everyone involved in the business, but not about the business. (laughs) Clown stuff, straight up clown stuff. But as this thing intensifies, as they're finding more financial records, they're finding more bank transfers that seemingly demonstrate a pattern of Joe Biden benefiting from his son's overseas business dealings. Hunter's a dirtbag. The Biden story changing now yet again. Biden, who went from never talked to the business partners to fine I talked to them but not about the business, is now back to square one like it's a game of Monopoly. And he's now back to telling you Okay, he has never talked to his son about the business. This is it, clip 44. Can you explain to the Americans, uh, to Americans admit this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not, and it's just a bunch of lies. You didn't interact with many of their business associates? I did not. There's lies. 
Uh, wait, what? You didn't interact? You are so full of sh- Okay, we've previously played you admissions from the White House that he talked, but just about the weather. Okay, the investigations have shown us the thank you letters to Joe Biden after meeting with Hunter's business associates at Cafe Milano. We have two different pictures of Biden meeting with Hunter's business partners, one at Cafe Milano, one playing a round of golf. Yet we're now back to it never happened. Do you remember the old Eddie Murphy bit Eddie Murphy did in Raw about he's like, you know, you got cheating on your girl. You're so red handed. She saw it. All you could come up with was it wasn't me. It wasn't me. (laughs) She's like she's sitting there staring at you. I can't believe you do that. How can you do that to me? You're a monster. It wasn't me. And it's like, he's just like, that's all I'm down to. That's all you can do. There's nothing else you can possibly try. She's staring at you. So you just go, that wasn't me. <laughs> Funny. And obviously it doesn't work. Biden is now back to, it wasn't me. Biden is such a disaster. Really think about that. Now we're back, now it wasn't me. I know a guy said to you, Four months ago, yeah, I called into the meetings, but only talk about the business partners. But that guy, it wasn't me. (laughs) Clown stuff. Straight clown stuff. Do you know how they solve murders, guys? You know how they solve a murder? They don't show up to the house and go, hey, did you kill her? Yeah. All right, boys, lock them up. They show up to the house, interview a suspect once they've found DNA evidence. Some type of geotagged evidence from a cell phone or some type of DNA on a phone or a weapon left at the scene or a surveillance camera that gets them a license plate or eyewitness testimony that gives them the color of a car and they track all those cars in the area, figure out who they happen to be registered to. Okay, understand they solve crimes by interviewing suspects and paying particular attention to the people who get caught in major League lies. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay, so you understand Joe Biden, when it comes to selling influence through his son, influence in our government, when Joe Biden spent eight years as vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Okay, and understand when it comes to the investigation into those potential crimes and money laundering situations. Joe Biden has continuously changed his stories to the investigators, which if this was a normal crime investigation would result in going, yo, Sarge, we got our man. Okay, that's what they would say. All right, now let's take a deep dive into this, the phone records, the bank records, the email records, everything else. We now know through Freedom of Information Act FOIA requests that he was emailing his kid sharing classified government information with his kid who's doing business in other countries that want to do business with our country while Biden's the vice president. We now know beyond any shadow of a doubt that he was emailing his kid over 50,000 times under an alias. Now, to give you full disclosure on that, because other talk show hosts may represent this fact, them using aliases in their emails is not as uncommon as you might think it would be. And one of the reasons it's not uncommon is because if you are sitting on major league intelligence as the vice president of the United States, 
uh, you don't want people to discernibly realize this correspondence comes from the vice president of the United States. We're trying to protect our intel, which brings me to the bigger problem with Biden's alias accounts sending all these emails to Hunter. Okay, Hunter doesn't have a security clearance. So it's not that he used an alias, because that does go on as a way of protecting correspondence, even though people harp on that part. Why is he doing under an alias? It's actually more common than a lot of talk show hosts might tell you. They're trying to gin you up. I'm not. I don't care. I just want to go home and play video games and see Lincoln. His Steelers are playing tonight, Thursday Night Football. But understand, okay, the big common defense of Hunter Biden, which is a little bit of a, you know, very convenient characterization of this, is they say, Hunter Biden doesn't work for the government. Why are Republicans wasting time on Hunter Biden? Okay, they know Hunter Biden doesn't work for the government, but his father does. And if his father works at the highest level of government at a time when foreign entities that are trying to do business and impact our government policy are wiring money to Hunter Biden... It is obviously being done in an effort to influence Joe Biden's policy. Bingo. So that's why they focus on Hunter Biden. But you dig this, okay, because they said something there that people don't pay attention to. Hunter Biden doesn't work for the government. That's their defense, right? Doesn't work for the government. Exactly. So if he doesn't work for the government, there's no way in hell he should be getting the government's classified information he should be behind bars that alone is a crime okay right now donald trump has a good chance of going to jail because as a former president with declassification powers something biden didn't have as a vp he kept documents in storage rooms at mar-a-lago mar-a-lago a house that gets secret service protection as a former president did joe biden have Secret Service protection as a former vice president? The answer would be no. Did he ever have declassification powers as a former vice president? The answer would be no. No. And when they found classified documents all over his house in Delaware, when they found classified documents at his library, okay, were any charges brought against him? The answer would be no. And that's how you know the charges against Trump are lawfare. But you understand if you pay attention to Democratic politics, a lot of times they're weaponizing the art of projection. Accuse the other guy of what you're doing. Okay, and that's what they commonly do. Trump's going to jail for mishandling classified information. Joe Biden has mishandled classified information. Hillary Clinton has mishandled classified information. They tell us, well, but it's different. Trump didn't cooperate right away. It was different. He didn't cooperate. What is the difference? If you kill somebody and the cops show up and you cooperate, they don't let you go. You know, but in this instance, that was the justification, which, again, is a two-tiered justice system. But the bigger problem we keep coming back to with Biden is that if he's compromised, we're compromised. And when it comes to the issue of whether or not he's compromised, his story keeps changing. That can't be good. And the old adage goes, where there's smoke, there's fire. Or either that or it's Hunter's crack pipe. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen after this. A lot of wild stuff going on right now. If you're paying attention to this country, I'm man. Get real catty. That was the last debate, Republican debate anyway, uh, before we get into the Iowa caucuses right after the holidays, second week of Iowa. Uh, second week of 2024, anyway, uh, you will get the Iowa caucuses. And uh, at that point, you will see the field thin out yet again. Uh, there will likely be two people left, not counting Trump. There will likely be two people left at the end of the Iowa caucuses. Like Chris Christie has no business being in the race now, but keeps qualifying for debate somehow. Uh, and then, of course, okay, Vivek, who's still in the race, but really had a rough showing. Okay, here's Van Jones. Uh, talking about, I mean, it's really stuff, tough stuff to listen to. Uh, but here, <laughs> let me get, you know what I'll do? I'll give you a Steve Ducey setup just to kind of prime the pump. You know, they say that you don't open with your closer. Uh, I think Vivek's uh, assessment coming from Steve Ducey is a little easier to digest. Maybe I'll even give you a little Ainsley. She's a sweetheart. And then I'll give you Van Jones. Clip 13. Vivek was embarrassing. Um, you know, it, he just... He came in too hot once again. Uh, he got booed a number of times. Uh, Nikki Haley, look, everybody, it was pin the tail on Nikki Haley because she has the momentum right now. She's getting a lot of donors. She's got the excitement. She was the one to beat. I don't, I don't know that uh, Ron DeSantis changed his trajectory, Ainsley, but I think if you were going to uh, put a one, two, three mm-hmm. on last night, mm-hmm. you'd have to go one would be Nikki Haley, two would be Ron DeSantis. I would give Chris Christie number three and Vivek Ramaswamy fourth only because he was the fourth person there. Wow. Uh, you know, it's funny. My wife doesn't like Vivek, and I consider her the greatest judge of character in the world. Uh, save for the fact that she married me, Jenny's pretty good uh, with assessing character. I think he's got a point. And it's funny. You know, I've met him. I got on with him just fine. I've met him in a lot of green rooms. I've been on a lot of TV shows. He's been on at the same time. Uh, But it's a weird thing. But if you're good with people, you can see the opportunism in this guy. He was a liberal. He voted for Obama. And now he's adapted every trendy policy on Twitter. So everyone's talking in terms like rhino and neocon. Blah, 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 blah. A lot of donors are donating to Nikki Haley because they think she makes the election about 2024. They're scared that Trump makes the election about 2020. I think the reality in the Republican Party right now, and this is going to be Nikki's biggest challenge, is most Republicans would rather lose with Trump than win with Haley. Okay, meaning they'd rather give it a shot, even if it's riskier to get Trump over the top, than take the sure win with Haley. I think that's reality. I think she's a sure win because she gets the key demographics they need to win these elections, suburban swing voters and women. Why? Because the biggest issue is abortion. Nikki Haley articulating a pro-life argument as a woman has a lot more sway with female voters and suburban swing voters than a Republican man. That's just reality. Okay, I'm talking about winning the race. I'm not talking about who's the best. This isn't a Trump bash. Okay, I'm just treating you like an adult. But here is Van Jones just trashing Vivek. It was pretty ridiculous. Uh, This is clip 11. That guy is dangerous. That's dangerous. Um, when those people were saying Jews will not replace us, Jews will not replace us, that slogan sits on top of a very sick and twisted view that 
if you bring enough people of color here, we are so deficient, we are so stupid, we are so unwanted that we will be zombies to fill out the, the ranks for some Democratic Party agenda that Jewish people are manipulating and driving forward. So he's saying Vivek is an anti-Semite. It was, I, to be honest with you, not the sharpest analysis from Van Jones. But what I'm telling you is, like, Nikki Haley was getting attacked from every angle last night because she's got the momentum. There's two reasons you get attacked. You're either doing good or people can't stand you. Nikki's getting attacked because she has all the momentum. Vivek is getting attacked because people can't stand him. There's the Van Joneses that are trying to bastardize this as some type of a great replacement theory. There's the Steve Ducey's who just see the guy as being cloying and annoying. Okay. And then there's the people like my wife who just think the guy's a phony. Okay. All three of those groups agree. The one people they're at odds with are the lunatics on Twitter who actually don't have as much sway as they'd like to think they do. Correct them. Oh, they are playing Stranglehold by Ted Nugent here on Fox Across America. Probably a good song to come out to if you plan on beating somebody up in the Senate. Uh, joining us now, a man who would know nothing about that, uh, Oklahoma Senator, damn good friend of the show, Mark Wayne Mullen is here. Senator! What's going on, brother? I do have a theory, uh, because since we last spoke and you had your near dust up in the Senate, I had to go on Gutfeld that night and we had to cover that story. After interviewing you on my show, I had to go talk about you and your potential conflict. And you know what my theory was? What's that? I said Bernie only broke up the fight. Because he wanted to sell tickets to it to prove that capitalism leads to violence. (laughs) Well, you know, that's an interesting spin, Jimmy. I hadn't thought about that. Um, He does have a history of, you know, making a couple of bucks as an anti-capitalist, does he not? Yeah, but he makes more money selling books. So he could could have it, you know, have it a day day in Bernie's life. Oh, so he he wanted to round up a publisher so he could write about the fight. (laughs) <laughs> because remember, he he he's against all millionaires unless it's him. But yeah. he's only against millionaires that that actually like create jobs. Because yeah. when you asked him about being a millionaire, or when I asked him in his own book, he actually wrote that if you want to become a millionaire, write a bestseller. So I mean, yeah. he's looking for another book to write. Obviously, <laughs> isn't it funny though? Like a lot of the positions we demonize, like the socialists or the climate people. I kind of want to become one because all the socialists get rich off capitalism and the climate people have private planes. That sounds fun. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but, you know, you may have a point. See? I mean, look at John Kerry. Oh. Of course, he married money. He didn't yeah. actually make it. Uh, and uh, But, I, I mean, listen, you t- I get told – I tell people, my, my kids all the time, you can marry money faster than you make it, so do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I – that's funny. The only thing I defend Kerry on, okay, is he can't fly public – because people would confuse him with the horse from Mr. Ed. And then he's got to sign autograph. It's a, you know. They're like, I loved you in that show. Can you, you sign this? You say that. That is, that is funny. Can I, get your, really funny. can I get your hoof print for my kid? He loved the show, too. It's not I, I good. Was thinking, I was thinking more he was going to go with the, 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 guy, the, the guy that on the Goonies. Oh, or the, you know? yeah, oh, the funny, or the yeah. monsters. 
Yeah. <laughs> Foreheads are about the same. Yep. This show yeah. has just turned into a roast, but that's it's, fine. It's got bad. But that is fine. It's all fine and good and Danny. Uh, listen, man, uh, the country's a mess. It's on fire. I appreciate your willingness to roast marshmallows because that's how we have reasonable conversations. People listen. They're more apt to process ideas. If we just get on the phone and scream about the other guys, yeah, we're not going to win anybody over. So I, I, I appreciate you getting how this game is played. Uh, as we sit here right now, uh, the big divide in Washington, I mean, there's certainly no shortage of divides in Washington right now. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to look out and feel like anything is being adequately addressed. Like, I feel like we're fighting a lot of the wrong battles. Would you say that's a fair assessment? You know, I think on the surface you see that because it, media it bleeds, it leads, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but there's a real substance matter that's moving right now, and and this is how the this is how it works. Regardless of what your feeling is about Ukraine, mm-hmm. regardless of what your feeling is uh, about foreign aid, um, it's all everything up here is negotiable, and mm-hmm. you have to negotiate. So we know that this that the, and this is what's happening as we speak. I mean, this is this is occupying almost all my time. We know that that uh, Joe Biden wants Ukraine uh, uh, funding, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm totally against it either because yeah. I think we have a obligation to it because we signed the Budapest Memorandum. They gave up their nuclear weapons because of it. Yep. So we're obligated as a, as the government to do it. But they want it so bad they're willing to do anything. Well, we want border security. I mean, we're hitting records highs day after day. I mean, literally, we're hitting new records. In 2010, 2011, 2013, all the way to 2015, we only averaged 21,000 people a year claiming asylum. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing that every other day, seriously, claiming yep. asylum every yep. other day. So we need it, and we, we know that if we say, hey, we're just going to fund border security, well, they will slow walk it. They, will, they won't ever do it. They, yep. If we say we're going to put $13 billion towards a wall, okay, they'll do environmental studies for the next year and a half yep. or the next six years if he gets reelected. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about now is having meaningful uh, reform to the border, and what we're talking about is having true asylum reform. And one of it is is you have to claim – the asylum to the first country you enter, yep. uh, and we have a contract or a pact with Mexico, um, uh, the United States, and Canada that says if someone claim, comes into your country that they have to claim asylum to you first. Well, we don't enforce it. We're the yep. only ones that don't enforce it. Yep. And so 70% of the ones crossing our border day by day are from other countries than Mexico. I mean, if we just got that one change, which I think we will be able to do that next next week. Yep. That that will stem the flow by seventy percent wow. of the legal crossings immediately. And guess what? Joe Biden can't slow walk that because that's a legislative change that goes in effect immediately. Well, that, I mean, that is something. You know, you talk about. I'll drink to that. We're talking to Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. I don't think the average person realizes how something like new, uh, remain in Mexico took the teeth away from the cartels and the smugglers for this for exactly the reasons you're articulating, which is. Right. You can't guarantee them safe entry into the United States. They're not going to pay you. They're not going to take right. the ride. And that's where that's essentially how that would cut crossings, correct? Yeah, but you can't say remain in Mexico because it's Trump's policy and then because it's political. So yeah. the way the game plays is you go about it a different direction. Okay. And that no, it's, and I love that. Um but it's amazing that the best interest of the country have to be so tactfully addressed because people will oppose the greater good simply because they can't make emotional peace with Donald Trump doing anything good. Yes, but there's also – I have a theory behind this, and okay. it, may, it can be funny, but it can be not. When you start talking about why wouldn't the Democrats want 
to 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 secure the border. I mean, that just makes common sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's a national security issue. No one can claim the fact that we've got 151 just in the last calendar year known terrorists mm-hmm. crossing our border, and we don't know how many we didn't. So it's a national security issue, right? Mm-hmm. But you think about the biggest exit leaving leaving the cities or leaving blue cities, mm-hmm. right? They have a huge census issue going on, and when they lose. By the way, they lose people, they lose federal dollars, and they also lose more people. They lose representation in Congress, too, because it's based on population in the House, not in the Senate. Yep. But it, it, the census, you don't have to be, because of Joe Biden's policy, you don't have to be a U.S. citizen. So the more Hispanics they get there that do the, the – or these illegals, not necessarily Hispanics, illegals go there. They get a claim that are in census, and the population can be to stay up. So there's a theory behind that. Wow, that's nuts. We're talking to Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. I got a lot of theories. Uh, let me throw this one at you because, you know, Santa's coming. We're like we're a couple of weeks out. How uh, how rowdy since I got you on the phone? Because I'm trying to assess my own approach to the holidays. You know, I have to be semi presentable on TV. What well, is, I see do, you on TV. I see you on every now and then. You look you look decent. No, no, I'm pulling it together. But that's a lot of hair and makeup, special lighting, spanks, <laughs> you name it. OK, but understand. OK. Uh, there's a period I think we all go through around the holidays where we kind of bottom out, like we don't play as much defense. As a guy who's trained his whole life and tried to stay in shape, do you extend that courtesy to yourself? Is there a week where you might gain six pounds? Like, what do you do? Heck no. I push hard all the way up. I'm serious. I push Mm -hmm. hard all the way up to the day. Mm -hmm. In fact, I worked out Thanksgiving morning. Ooh, because I I know that I'm going to eat like absolute crap. I can't gain eight pounds over Thanksgiving. Eight pounds. <laughs> because I, I man, I just know I I have I eat um, I eat what I want because I work out hard. Uh-huh. And people doctors are arguing about that, but man, I go at it hard all the way to. And then you know you got family pictures, and I've got my brothers there. That's a little bit of of. of I can't say the correct or the right word, but there's a little bit of measurement going on. <laughs> uh, so you, you can't let your guard down when you're the youngest of seven. I mean, yeah. that, that doesn't happen. Damn. And I am, I'm the youngest of four, uh, so I kind of get that. That makes total sense to me. But up until the day. So you traditionally what I do, what I would attempt to do then is like, yeah, I would I would make it. I, I'm not going to tell you I've I've worked out on Thanksgiving morning, although I have. I mean, I've done cardio. If you count getting chased by the cops after a night at the bar, <laughs> uh, that's a different, it's a different story altogether, you know. But, uh, you know, technically speaking, I am probably if I can pull this off, I will make it to about December 23rd. And then it'll be a 72 hour blitz for me. You know, the problem I have, man, is above the age of 40, three days of debauchery is it's like dog years. It counts as 18 days. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And that's how you gain weight. Isn't it sick? And like I watch my son. My son is 15, man. He will like he'll eat a pizza like he'll take a pizza folded in half, eat a pizza and then be like, what else do we have to eat? And then the next day he's like, I lost three pounds. I'm like, how is that a thing? You know? Oh, uh, hey, I got two boys that wrestle at Oklahoma State. One's a 25 pounder, one's a 33 pounder, uh-huh. and uh, and they came in for the holidays. And now, mind you, 125, 133. Mm-hmm. They both left Thanksgiving or actually Friday at 140 pounds plus. <laughs> they both made weight on Saturday. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> where did you cut a leg off? <laughs> I put on a sweatshirt, jogged a lap around the track. I lost 16 pounds. How did you do that? Yeah. It's, and I talked to him while we're in the sauna. 
you 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 physically can't sweat that much off unless you're dead. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true, man. The old the youth is wasted on the young, that whole phrase. In a lot of ways, it really is, because if you had those superpowers right now, imagine the things you really could do, you know? Yeah, yes. yeah, no joke, well, no joke. Right. Next time we talk, we're going to publish a self-help book, uh, which it just needs to be written by our kids, apparently, and not us. Obviously, good, yes, sir. Good stuff, my man. Good business with you. Have a Merry Christmas, yep, sir. You too, my man. I'll see you soon, Mark. There he goes. The great Mark Wayne Mullen from the great state of Oklahoma. Uh, giving some workout tips uh, to the champ, you know, about the holidays. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. It is a great way to go through the holidays. It's a great way to go through every day. Guys, if I wasn't on TV, I would be 700 pounds. Okay, I'm a 700-pound man trapped in a 250-pound man's body. The one thing I have going for me, uh, everybody who's met me in person lately, they're like, wow, you look like you're losing a lot of weight. <laughs> Nah, just wearing baggier clothes for the most part. Lost a minimal amount, like really a minimal amount of weight. Sometimes you carry it better. Uh, but the only thing I've gotten out of the moderation aspect of my life is I don't get to eat a lot of sweets right now because I have a lot of important TV coming up. And you got to, you know, this is your job, man. Shut up, fatso, and you actually got to live like you're on TV. That's one of the responsibilities I've been tasked with. Uh, but And that's a good responsibility. Believe me, I'm not complaining. Uh, but when you... Uh, get to eat dessert from time to time like i ate uh some brownies that jenny made and i mean it like my nuts almost exploded like it was just like oh it's like the greatest thing i've ever had in my life what the hell did you just say but it popped because i hadn't had a lot of them lately that's the thing jenny and i went to a, a steakhouse on long island uh called teller's out east. I'd never been there before. It was great. It was, it was very good. Um, if you were wondering, like my favorite steakhouse in New York City is called Bobby Vans. I've been going there since I was a cab driver. Me and my buddy Dean Imperio would save up all our money once a year, and we'd go eat a fancy steak dinner once a year. Like We'd go in like December. We'd have a dinner. We'd be there for three hours because we knew we couldn't afford to come back for a full year. Uh, but to this day, it's my favorite place in the world. Uh, but I got so good at cooking steak that Lincoln doesn't want to go to Bobby Vans anymore. He wants me to actually cook steak for him. So when there's a big event, he'll ask me to stay home and cook because he thinks my steak is better than the restaurant's. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, but it is. It's, it's, I can make a pretty mean steak. Uh, but the truth is, you know, all of this uh, consumption, all of this food, all of this, you know, whatever the debauchery is Mark Wayne Mullen was referring to with his brothers – it is the point of being alive, man. I know I say it a lot, like too much so, okay? But I say it because we really have a broken compass right now, okay? The book I wrote about that, you know, you know, Cancel Culture Dictionary, an A to Z guide to winning the war on fun, okay? You, there's no way if you'd ever read it. It's like if you listen to the show. It's like if you came to my stand-up event. There's no way anyone could spend 20 minutes around this, five minutes around it even, and think I wasn't bargaining with you in good faith. Like I'm, at, like, I'm actually trying to help, you know, because the world is, like, such a mess, and people really miss the point of what matters. Uh, that stuff matters. Uh, it really does. So when we come back, a quick tip, a quick tip. Uh, we'll give you some reaction to the debate, a little more on the Bidens, and I will share, for anyone who cares, okay, the greatest steak recipe in the history of food. That's a real thing. And let's be honest, okay, I look like a guy who gets paid in steak, so this is probably worth sticking around for. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If the whole point of being alive is to have fun, that's the manifesto I preach every day. Here is the greatest steak recipe in the history of the world. This is what I cook for Lincoln. And I mean, listen to me. Lincoln, because I work in media, TV, radio. Okay, I don't have any money. I'm the, you know, I used to be a cab driver, but I go to a lot of fancy things, and it's cool. And I will drag my family and deal them in on any prosperity I get my hands on, uh, because they're my whole entire purpose for being alive is Jenny and Lincoln. Um, so understand, uh, Lincoln has gotten to eat, I mean, better food in his first 15 years on this earth than I did in my first 43. Like, dead serious. Lincoln has had more life experience in his 15 years than I had in, like, my first 43. Things have gotten pretty interesting the last two years. I'm not going to lie to you. But those first uh, 43, you know, it's pretty ho-hum. A lot of steakums, things that I love, by the way. I'm not disparaging them on any level. Uh, But the greatest steak recipe in the history of the world, this is very simple. We would traditionally use a ribeye, okay, porterhouse, ribeye, something like that, okay? Don't go nuts. You don't have to get anything fancy, okay? This is not about spending a lot of money. It's like wine. You can get good stuff for six bucks if you know what you're drinking. Uh, And the truth is, if you gave me the fanciest bottle of wine, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that and the $6 bottle of wine, okay? I'm not sitting here like some pretentious media figure who's like, you know. I admire your honesty. Exactly. I only drink King Louis VIII. You know, I don't know anything about it. I know Louis Louis by the Kingsman. But anyway, greatest steak recipe in the history of the world. Are you ready for it? Easy stuff. So easy. Okay. Turn that oven on. Turn it on. Get the oven on. 450. I need you up at 450. It's going to get hot. Remember the old James Brown? Too hot for the hot tub. It's going to get hot. Okay. Turn that oven up to 450. Cast iron pan, Snookums. Cast iron pan. Okay, get your steak out and just dry it for me. Dry it. Pat it dry. Paper towels. Pat it dry. Okay, salt it on both sides. You can salt it pretty aggressively. If you tell me you need to throw pepper on there, fine. I don't. Okay, let the steak absorb the salt. So you're giving yourself a nice five, six hour window. If you have the time to do so, bang. Okay, get that oven up to 450. When it's good and hot, you turn on that cast iron pan. You pour some olive oil in it, and you crank that heat. I want eight out of nine, maybe even nine out of nine on that pan. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? That pan is at a hot nine, raging. All of the olive oil has seemingly been absorbed by the pan. You throw that steak in on one side. Boom! It sizzles on impact. Bang! You've alive like you've never been. Okay, you give that steak about three minutes on one side. You're just searing it to lock all the good stuff in. Okay, cut, okay, a tablespoon of butter off a stick of butter. Flip the steak over. Put that tablespoon of butter under the steak. More sizzle. Bang, smoke. It's a mess. Open a window. Turn on a fan. Put a tablespoon of butter on top of that steak. Okay, at which point you throw it in the oven. You give me four or five minutes, four or five minutes at 450, and I have just handed you chewable bubblegum steak. Okay, you can do what you want to it. You want to salt it more, girl? I don't care, but I'm not going to. Okay, all I'm going to do is throw it on a plate, and thank God I was born a man, and I'm going to mow down that steak, maybe with a tater tot. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. The whole point is America. You can do you, boo. And if that means running down to the stores or going to OmahaSteaks.com, now might be a good time to do so. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Is 
it ever. And we got a big one coming your way, girlfriend, at 888-788-9910. Emily Austin, superstar sports reporter, someone I was on Gutfeld with Monday night, making her debut on this program. And we're going to kind of have a year-in-review moment as we look out at this great country of ours and try to put a bow. I know we still got some weeks left to go. I don't want to spike the ball at the one on the year that has been, because one of the things we're trying to afford you with here on the program is obviously we can't give you a quality broadcast, but we can give you one that's informative and reasoned. And those are the two things we pride ourselves on the most. So 888-788-9910. If you'd like to be a part of this radio house of ill repute, where there is no ideological barrier for entry. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. But we do have some news at the tippy top of the hour. We have just received word that CNN, CNN is going to be hosting two more Republican debates. CNN is the worst. It's okay. I support them doing so. These debates will revolve around the Iowa caucuses in early January and in New Hampshire for the New Hampshire primary. Now, the reason I say I support it, uh, even though it's not on Fox, is when it comes to mixing, when it comes to mixing sides, like Sean Hannity uh, had Gavin Newsom on last week. Last Thursday, he had Gavin Newsom. This week, he's got a huge get on Thursday night. He's got this guy named Jimmy Fallon. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I will be closing the Hannity show tonight. Last 10 minutes of the show, you'll see me and Sean doing our thing. But I loved the fact that Sean had Gavin Newsom on to debate DeSantis. And I told people this, uh, if you were in uh, Carson City, Nevada over the weekend watching me do stand-up, you know, somebody did ask, like, why would Fox put Gavin Newsom on the station? And the truth is we want liberals on Fox all damn day. Because if they're coming on, we're debating ideas. Okay, if they're not coming on, we're pretending and debating and deciding our elections based on straw man arguments. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, do you remember what 2020 was? We were told it was a battle for the soul of our nation. That's what we were told the election was. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Of course it was. And what was I screaming in the summer of 2020? I'm like, all right, we're being told this is a battle for the soul of our nation. I said, so how do we quantify that? If we win the battle for the soul of our nation, how does that affect the economy? How does that affect safety? How does that affect schools? That was the question I was asking at the time. Hey, if we win the battle for the soul of our nation, does it make the streets any safer? The answer would be no. Huh. All right. Well, how about the, I don't know, uh, uh, prices? You know, things are getting a little expensive. Does, Does it make prices more affordable? The answer would be no. No. Okay, that's the point. The school's going to reopen any sooner if we win the battle for the soul of our nation? The answer would be no. No, Biden winning the election kept the schools closed almost a year and a half longer and denied kids multiple years of academic gains. I love the poorly educated. We're living in the golden age of stupid, sadly. Okay, 30% of kids in this country are reading at a grade level. 70% of our students right now are not performing at a grade level. Do you understand? We're raising a generation of kids who have been socially stunted by lockdowns and have been denied normal learning. Okay, unless, of course, you could afford private school, like a lot of those prominent Democrats who shut down your kid's public school and then sent their kid to private school. That's just how white folks will do you. But the point is, okay, 
deciding the 2020 election on a superficial, made-up, pretend argument. It's a battle for the soul of our nation! And people went out and voted like that. Okay, and now look where we find ourselves. Okay, we've got a rough economy. Okay, the border, wide open. Eight million people have come in under Joe Biden. You have no idea how to defend a nation. It's resulted in a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths, uh, record numbers of human trafficking, so much so it's a billion-dollar industry at our southern border. People from other countries are turning a billion dollars in profit by illegally bringing people into our country. That's created a humanitarian crisis where women and minors are being sexually assaulted along the way. People are being killed. Okay, your schools, the quality of education hasn't gotten any better. Why? Because the 8 million migrants that have come into this country have now been allocated to inner cities where the kids were already struggling with big class sizes. So now you went from kids struggling to get a quality education plagued with giant classes to, oh, I've got it. Let's add 30 more kids who don't speak the language. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Understand, I'm not demonizing those kids who don't speak the language. They're coming here for America in search of a better life. I want them to come. You just want them to come legally through the proper channels. But we're not encouraging that sort of thing under the Biden administration. So winning the battle for the soul of our nation has made education worse. It's made the economy worse. It's made fuel prices worse. It's made the cost of goods worse because their policies are what we should be debating. And here's a newsflash. Their policies suck. Domestic energy production is the root of all the instability in the world right now. We went from a net exporter of oil at the tail end of the Trump administration to a country that's now funding fights for democracy around the world while simultaneously propping up dictatorships who we've now outsourced our domestic energy production to. That's where the environmental movement got us. Okay, but the environmental movement, something nobody voted for, the biggest climate change bill in the history of the country, was called the Inflation Reduction Act. What a fraud! Okay, that's how they passed it in uh, climate change. They didn't have the votes. So they're like, ah, oh, we'll call it inflation reduction. And people are like, well, hey, I want to reduce inflation. Okay, let's do it. And we pumped $6 billion into a pretend cause. That is financial lunacy. Okay, but you dig, this is only possible because the bureaucrats running Joe Biden... Okay, had the ability to do so because he won an election based on a straw man argument with the straw man argument being Trump never condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. And you had people and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. Oh, you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists. Okay, and the press has treated them. Absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You, got a, you, had a lot of bad, you had a lot of bad people in the other group, too. I admire your honesty. I genuinely do, because what he was telling you was the truth. Okay? And what the media turned it into was, Trump said there were fine people on both sides. The media is a bunch of losers. But they do so without the context of him saying, I condemn totally the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists. But they weren't the only ones there. The media conflated that as, he said the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists had some fine people in them. And he didn't say that. 
But that's how the media manipulates conversations. That's why you want Republicans on CNN. That's why you want Gavin Newsom coming on to Fox. You want the other side to hear our ideas. You want these battles to be fought over ideas, not over who can mischaracterize the other side's arguments the most for the maximum impact on voters. So I like that the Republican Party's going over to CNN. I hope somebody tunes in. I don't know that they will. I mean, if past performance is any indication, we'll have more candidates on the stage than they do in the audience. But the point is we want to fight that idea battle if you are a conservative because conservative principles and limited government are the way ahead. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. You want them out of your life, okay? The government was not supposed to be a be-all, end-all to every problem you have. Okay, the Constitution wasn't drawn up, okay? It wasn't drawn up for any other reason than to protect your freedoms, than to protect your unalienable rights and keep the government out show business. That's what the government was supposed to do. Instead, we're now like, well, the government's going to pay off my college loan. The government's going to get me child care. You know, government's going to give me health care. Okay, but you understand everything the government does costs money. And the government doesn't have money. They just take yours. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. Do you get it, though? Like, you're living in a world where you fund whatever the hell the government wants to do. So when you hear, like, oh, it's free. It's free college. (laughs) It's not free college because somebody else's tax dollars are paying that off. Thanks, big government weenuses. But that's the biggest problem in our country right now is we're fighting pretend arguments, superficial arguments. There aren't engagements on actual ideas. And that makes life a lot easier for the Democrats to get elected because whenever they're in a hole, they just say, well, you got to vote for us because the other side's racist, you see. Don't you get it? Bunch of bigots on the other side. Vote for us. And that's what we were told. I mean, you think about all of the people who rioted and looted, burnt down police stations. They started a pretend country in Seattle in the summer of 2020 called CHOP. That was absolutely dreadful. Of course it was. But authorities in liberal cities empowered this kind of thing. They were like, well, you know, we got to let them go. We're not going to oppress these people. They have the right to protest. And of course they do. But protesting and burning down a Little Caesars is not the same thing. Protesting and lighting a police station on fire is not the same thing. We've empowered and emboldened a lot of bratty kids who didn't get spanked as a kid. And sadly, the people who exist in society to spank them and get them back in check have been neutered by liberals who wanted to defund the police. And every time they tell you, we didn't want to do that That's a Republican talking point. We weren't doing that. Oh, okay. Maybe you should not explain that to these people. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the, um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Oh, really? You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. Just stupid stuff. I mean, we're not really grading at a high bar with AOC. AOC is a dope. But the point I'm trying to make is if you're voting based on, like, your feelings. Well, these people told me the other guys were bad. You're going to wind up fighting the wrong battles. Okay, the reason we wrote a book this year 
about the cancel culture dictionary. You can get it, foxnewsbooks.com. Pre-order it right now if you want me to sign it Saturday in Texas Music City. Bring your receipt from the book, and we will sign an insert from HarperCollins that's designed to go right into the book. They knew I was doing a book event with one of my favorite stations in the world, and I demanded these inserts. So if you guys are getting a copy of this book for a Christmas gift or anything in between, you send it my, you know, bring your receipt to the meet and greet, and we'll get it signed. Uh, but the point is, okay, I wrote that book because I was trying to explain to people that everything we're doing right now, and it's the reason the country's so screwed up is we're fighting over the things that don't matter. Okay, in the summer of 2020, we claimed, we're like, well, America's systemically racist. (laughs) It's not even close. Okay, believe me. Systemically racist countries don't put the people they're oppressing in charge. We elected a black president not once but twice, and he wasn't even any good at the job. Don't be thick, all right? Okay, understand how many elected officials, how many minority elected officials are in Congress and the Senate and at every level of state and local government right now. If you're oppressing people, you don't put them in charge. Okay, the U.N. Human Rights Council concluded that China was guilty of crimes against humanity in the Uyghur province of Hubei. Okay, they are oppressing people, starving them, hard labor camps, Organ harvesting, okay, real true oppression, okay? Are any of those people being elected to government positions? The answer would be no. It's all silly straw man argument stuff. That's the point. We've kind of bastardized the language. It's like they accuse, they accuse Israel of a genocide in Gaza. The population of Gaza has quadrupled since it became a thing in 2005, quadrupled. That's not good genocide. Good genocide, and there's no such thing as good genocide, but effective genocide means you're reducing the population. Never mind that if Israel was committed to waging genocide on the Muslim community, they'd be doing it in a really difficult side of the world because they're outnumbered about uh, a billion to one when you look at the population size. Never mind that if Israel really was trying to commit genocide against the Muslim community, the fact that they had two million Muslims living in their country would be a bit of an issue. Italy doesn't have a Muslim problem. Uh, Italy, Israel doesn't have a Muslim problem. It has a terrorist problem. That's what it's waging war against. That's what it's trying to defeat. But the reason these arguments become trendy on the left is because they prey on low IQ voters, people whose emotions are their facts. Oh, they're colonizers. They're occupiers. They're committing genocide. And they march and they scream. But who are these people at the end of the day? But the same people who told you hate has no home here. The ones that are now telling you it's okay to call for an intifada against the Jewish race. What do they all have in common? They're weapons grade stupid. So when we decide the next election, we shouldn't do it on their terms. We should probably do it on ours. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We got my man, my woman, my them, my person, my day. It's, you know, 2023. Words are very fluid. Joining us now is a man who will attest to that. Michael in Tallahassee, Florida. Michael. 
good afternoon, sir. Well, you know, uh, you're in the middle of a pandemic, Jimmy, and you come along and you change the definition of what a vaccine is. Well, you know, all bets are off, right? I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> is it a big surprise they don't understand what apartheid or genocide? Heck, you know, and you can try to get on the Supreme Court and you can't say what a woman is. Wait a minute. What is going on? I, I, it's, <laughs> I know. It is bizarre. And, uh Believe me, if anybody has uh, any doubts about what a woman is, you can check my search history. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that one, Jenny. I, I'm, I, I'm sure you know where the erase uh, erase my search my browser history is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on your computer. Je- but but I, in I my and but Jenny that. actually taught me, Michael. She's like, do me a favor, just just I, I don't need to see this. <laughs> Come on, man. Play a little. Play a little defense. Oh, there's a joke about uh, searching for BBC, you know, when you're the, the broadcasting the network. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but boy, there's some other things that'll yeah. come up if you're Ooh. not careful, Be- Jimmy. Defense wins championships, Michael. <laughs> Defense wins championships. That's what I would say. Oh, but, buddy. But good points. Uh, Tallahassee, yeah. is that is that where we, you're checking in from today? I am sunny, uh, 68 degrees as I drive across the panhandle of Florida. It is Ooh. beautiful down here, my man. Oh, man. I'll be in West Palm. But you're going to Texas. You're going to Texas, right? Yep. I just left Texas yesterday. That a boy. That's, that, in Texas. that's why we waited till tomorrow. But, uh, no, we'll be there. <laughs> Stop it. We'll, we'll be in Florida next weekend. I'll be in Palm Beach next weekend. So if you, if you swing by, make sure everything's under control before I get there. You're like my advance, like the Secret Service. You know how they send the Secret Service first? I send you. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm checking things out for Jimmy. Clear Thank the you. roads. Clear the roads. All right. We, we appreciate the intel and the advance work. The check's in the mail, Michael. Keep playing good ball, brother. There he goes, the great Michael. Uh, one of my faves uh, going to join us next and make her debut on this show. How about that? Do you remember when you watched The Tonight Show back in the day? Johnny would be like, this next guest making their debut on The Tonight Show. Please welcome David Letterman. You know, something like that. Uh, I don't know that we're talking about David Letterman territory here, uh, but we're talking about a damn good friend of mine. We're excited. I don't know that there'll be stupid pet tricks. Uh, But Lord knows there's plenty of opportunity for them in politics, especially if we wind up talking about Hillary in the 2016 election. Emily Austin making her debut after this. Boom! There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Folks, if you watch... Television. If you're following my progress on the telly, uh, it is Thursday night, which means I'll be closing the Sean Hannity show in front of a live audience. And at the end of that show, I get to do stand up because Sean is the friend that invites you over to watch football. And then you find out you're there to help him move. That's exactly what it is. You come in, you do the analysis, the TV camera shut off and he's like, all right, kid, get to work. It's going to be a great one. But that's Thursday. If you were watching TV Monday. And you saw me on Gutfeld. Uh, you know there was a really hot blonde making brilliant points. And once Kat Timp got done talking, this next guest <laughs> jumped in and said some fine things as well. A fan favorite of mine. We describe you as a sports reporter. If we screwed that up, clarify. But Emily Austin makes her debut on the show and the crowd goes wild. What Woo. it is. Hey, girl. Hi. Good to see you. This crowd really went wild. Oh, no, they did. There were sound effects. You and I are going wild. You want to know why we didn't play the clips? Because you're not wearing headphones because you don't need to. But we would have played crowd noise for you to hear and feel excited about. I think I'll be okay. But we did. That's what I mean. You're going to get by. Good to see you, pal. Thanks for coming in. Um, 
That was a good hang on Gutfeld. I thought it was fun, which was really hard. Like, haha, like Hamas. But then we yeah. made it good. We made it. We made it work. This is what's the thing about comedy. Okay, everyone needs to know this. We were walking around the green room like, really? Hamas in the A block? This is going to bomb, no pun intended. And, yeah, we just pulled it out because I think the whole – this is the key to comedy. Okay, it's atmospheric. Mm. If the vibe is cool, you can do cool stuff. If the vibe is like, oh, dude, yeah, then you don't feel like you have the environment for the jokes to happen in. Yeah, so the I, rest of the blocks are really fun, though. Yeah, no, the whole show was great. And I listen, I usually sometimes... I love violating 10-year-olds, like, <laughs> making fun <laughs> of them, bullying them. So fun. So the 10-year-old she was talking about, and this has been a consistent theme in the year 2023, okay, is there's a lot of, like, pretend grievance. Like, yeah. when we're talking about proper emoji portrayals... <laughs> You know what I mean? Remember when the people like, well, yeah, these these yellow beings aren't inclusive enough. Yeah. But they started based on a being that doesn't exist. Yeah. But then we started to police them as yeah. if they needed to be representative. This thing that doesn't exist needs to be more representative of things that do. Isn't that indicative of a broken societal compass? This is like one of the millions of things that we've just ruined for ourselves. I don't know if you watched yes! that episode of Gutfeld, but- we canceled bird watchers because yes. the names of the birds were not inclusive and they were racist. <laughs> and I'm like, who the F knows the species of birds so well to yeah. the point they're like, that's racist. Listen, and why? Anyone with the free time and the capacity for boredom to commit right. to bird watching deserves <laughs> to do it on whatever terms they want. He's talking to you, Tom Shillow. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired! <laughs> Emily Austin. But it's true. The point of the book I wrote. Uh, is an A to Z cancel culture dictionary, an A to Z guide to winning the war on fun. You just kind of <laughs> the th- war on that's fun. what it's called right here. There it is. Fox Nation cameras go bananas. But why do I say that? Because we're policing sources of fun. Yeah, is C comedy because comedy was, comedy was canceled? Yeah, and oh, actually, really? yeah, we oh, talk good. about it. And yeah. I explained to people how we kind of recalibrated the world this year, and it, this has been over the course of several years. Social yeah. media kind of brought this on, but we started to police the places we went to get away from the policing. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like my mantra, like defund the joke police. Yeah. Who cares? Like the world's on fire. It's not comedians. But we spend more time going after comedians than we do criminals, like as a collective. Yeah, facts, actually. Yeah. Isn't it bizarre, though? It's like so weird. Yeah. I told you this, like after Gutfeld, mm-hmm. I really think it comes from like, not to get too deep here, yeah, like yeah. a lack of attention. Yeah. Like when you need attention, you'll go to the highest extremes to find something to make yourself sound like you're a victim mm-hmm. to then like get people's sympathy. And yes. it's like, I feel bad for you. Uh, it is. Do you sad. need to cancel birds? How sad are you? <laughs> birds, man. Emily Austin's in the studio. The crowd went wild. You should have been here. Anyway. <laughs> But it's true. And I think we've incentivized outrage. Like, so my theory in the year 2023, okay, you tell me if this holds any sway, is I don't think anyone's offended. I think I think like 1% of the people are offended. I think 99% of them know that there's currency that comes from saying I'm offended. Like, I want a promotion at Netflix because Dave Chappelle offended me. But I don't think they truly go home and like cry. I think they just see it as a business model. What do you think of that? Yes and no. I feel like genuinely they're not offended but they've almost 
conditioned themselves to become triggered by everything. Like or I to saw, look for it, definitely. Yeah. Right. Like I see like transgenders who visibly look like the opposite gender that they identify as yeah. getting mad that people are misgendering you. I'm sorry, honey. If you have a beard, <laughs> if you have a beard and you look like a dude and you're fat and you're seven feet tall, I'm going to think you're a dude. It's not because I'm transphobic. It's because yeah. I thought you were a dude. This- so if you're going to throw a fit and try to cancel me for misgendering you, which Harvard cares more about than <laughs> Jews' genocide on campus, then fine. But um, it's very it's insensitive that you misgendered a lady like me. Yeah, with the voice like I that. I know. We're like, not exactly, as yeah, a matter of fact. you have a beard. Sorry. You're making great points. And this is the part that I think of, about all of, like, the performative censorship and outrage and everything in between that was really exposed, though. This is the one thing I think we benefited from in 2023. I think the college kids did us a favor. Not that we enjoy or approve of anti-Semitism. Right. But the ship has now sailed on censoring speech at colleges. And there's a comic, like, this is how it started. I don't think so. You think they're still going to try to push back on conservative views? No, they're, they're censoring conservative views, but they, they let the free speech on the hate For speech their side. side prevail. So it's like when I made fun of my classmate because she identified as a cat, uh-huh. I had consequences. But yeah. when they say hail Hitler, it's all good. <laughs> so it's like they're, they're selectively allowing the free speech to whatever fits their narrative. And a great point, Emily Austin, is that they try to give it more nuance than it has. They're like, well, they said hail Hitler. I mean, they could have been hailing a taxi. I mean, let's, it's not... <laughs> Let's not just the a, context matters. Yeah, let's not conflate this with Nazism just yet. Hail Hitler is a lot of maybe it's hailing out. Yeah, and you thought exactly. you saw a guy who looked like Hitler. You know, it's insane. But I think they've been exposed on a level that if you're right to say maybe they won't uh, give conservative speech a free pass on their campus. But I think society realizes now collectively how full of it they are. Is I, that fair? I think it's – yes, it's loosening up for sure. Yeah. I said something and I was like, guys, I'm done. I, I go to my family. Guys, I'm canceled after today uh-huh. for saying something completely normal. I said trans woman, alleged woman, shouldn't be in Miss Universe as a Miss Universe judge. And I'm like, guys, watch. I'm done. Everyone agreed with me. Really? And I was like – That's progress. Messiah's coming. That's progress. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> But it is. It's progress. It's progress. We're getting back to like a a norm that's still not normal, but it's more normal than where we're at. Great points. You know where like this is where cancel culture screwed it up. Okay, is they created a gap between what people believed to be true and what they were willing to say in public. Mm -hmm. And what you're speaking to is the fact that that gap is closing. People are now more apt to call out a Leah Thomas or a Will Thomas than they were a year and a half ago because they were horrified. Publicly, yeah. What's yeah. funny is like privately, and I love just outing everyone. Yeah. You know, I work with athletes yep, all day, yep. and uh-huh. I go to the best athletes in the NBA, tennis, and I go to them. Just tell it to me straight, cameras are off. You think it's fair if Djokovic identified as a woman and destroyed Serena Williams? Just look me in <laughs> yeah, the yeah, eye yeah, and say yeah, you think yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, God, no, that's not fair. And I'm like, but you'll never say that. Never. They're like, no, well, why should we lose our millions of dollars? And yeah. I'm like, for society, your and, kids are going to grow up <laughs> fucked up. It's for the greater good of the world. Let's talk about it. I have a clip I play on the show a lot. It's Serena Williams mm-hmm. on Letterman 2013. He's talking to her about playing Andy Murray. And she's like, I would lose six love, six love, six love in five minutes. Can we – wait, can you send that to me? Yeah. Can we like resurface? Do you want to throw in headphones and I'll play it for you? Can we are we going to damage your hair? Clip? You can just put them around your ear. Her she's a huge messy. diva, you guys. You have no idea. She refused to make eye contact with the staff. It's been very Oh, my God. That's slander. I'm kidding, Emily Austin. Are you ready? I'm offended. Are you ready? (laughs) She's triggered. She left. Hey does no home here, but Emily Austin does. Here we go. For me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. So I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6-0-6-0 and... Five to six minutes, maybe ten minutes, because it's, no, no, it's, it's true. It's honestly, true. It's a completely, really. 
It's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster, and me and um, they they get they serve harder, they hit harder. It's just a different game, and I love to play women's tennis. And I I only want to play girls because I don't want to be embarrassed. I would not do the tour. I wouldn't do Billie Jean any justice. So Andy, stop it. Yeah. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna let you kill me. Can we play this every day at a certain hour on the radio until people wait? Isn't it sad how mind-boggled I am by something so normal? Yes, that's the greatest women's tennis player of all time. Oh, my God. Flat out saying Andy Murray, who I don't think anyone would consider the greatest men's tennis player of all time. Right. Okay, would kill her in five minutes. Yeah, the worst man would still destroy. My brother, growing up, he and I played competitive tennis. Mm -hmm. I trained seven days a week. He trained maybe once a week on a good week. Mm -hmm. With his left hand could destroy me, 6060. Yeah. It's insane. And then we're going to pretend it's normal because we don't want to. Yeah, we don't fed anybody. But that's where I think the win is in 2023. I think people are starting to feel comfortable it. acknowledging. Like, she couldn't say that still. We're not there yet. No, because, so we'll keep replaying that. Yeah, we'll keep Until she does. Just so everybody understands, that's where we were in 2013. I was 12. The good days. Ten years, ten years ago today, you could be honest with people in public. She would lose Nike sponsorships for saying that. Yeah, it's true. It's sad. And that's that's a bad commentary. But you know what the truth is? If we were going to point to a little victory, I think that was a gain for us as a society in 2023. I think when you talk about sports in 2023, we would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, the crossover between sports and entertainment, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Oh, I thought you meant like celebrity boxing. And oh, like, we can I get know. into it. Oh, we'll talk about it all day. I love uh, Travis. I love Taylor. So there's like this prank where it's like you ask a man, can you believe Taylor put Travis on the map? And they get so triggered. But truth be told, yeah. I didn't know who the hell Travis Kelsey was. Okay, fair. Before Taylor Swift. <laughs> so maybe well, she did. Uh, it's, been a, it's a win-win because obviously the NFL is getting that crossover of you yeah. know, all of these Taylor Swift she fans. She was time person of the year. How about that? That's, that's and she's, uh, you know, she's brought a lot of people over to the NFL. Obviously the NFL, she's brought some of those viewers to her movies, which I'm happy for. Cause it's, it is about time she's caught a break in showbiz. You know, she's this is a girl who's really struggled, and you know the idea that we can finally give Taylor's career a bounce, I think, is it means a, a lot. To, I feel like Taylor's arguably em, one of the most famous people in Emily history. Emily Austin is here, and she doesn't get sarcasm. Anyway. Oh, oh my God! I thought you said that so seriously. How am I supposed to? Say? He got me, guys. Guy has a delivery man. I'm like, do you? Maybe you're one of those men who are like, I can't believe Travis put Taylor on the map. No, and I'm like, God. come on, Austin, whose side are you on? Uh... Who do you think should have been? And I think it's I think it's close because I think Taylor did a lot of good in the world because this is the truth. When people argue with time person of the year, okay, I actually have an affinity for the superficial people winning it because it means they gave us escapism. Mm-hmm. If you spent a significant chunk of this year focused on the NFL and pop culture, that was a better dividend for you emotionally okay. than focusing on whatever general or person did something on the battlefield. Not that we should be sliding them. They're doing a far more important job. Right. But I think we need more escapism in this day and age than in any year of our lives. So yeah. I could argue that she should have been person of the year. My question for you is, though, did we slight George Santos, given his <laughs> achievements? I mean, this is a guy that's cured polio. He fought the Nazis. <laughs> The 2,000 people he saved on the Titanic alone. You don't, you don't think that's worthy of merit? I, I think his most is meritable award. Uh-huh. Meritable yeah, deed. Listen, I went to community college. You're damn, well, damn right <laughs> it is on this show. Meritable deed is the fact that, you know, like, when you're going to do fraud when it comes to, like, your donations, 
Make it worthwhile. I this know. dude went to Sephora. Yeah. Like, I have to respect that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> being a Sephora avid the, the, shopper. The point is, it's not that story where you hear someone was mugged and killed for $8. Yeah. It's like, Laura, it you, was... you committed murder. The guy had 82 grand on him because he just lost the casino. I, I still don't like it, but at least you went out. Who was time person last year? Elon? You know what? Elon this is Musk. a funny, funny. It was Zelensky. What? Yeah, which, again. What, what did he do for time in america it's funny that this year that we gave it to a pop star who's dating a football player both of whom were dressed better than last year's person of the year which was a president uh but yeah he took a lot of venmos from the u.s that's Mm -hmm. what he did last year i I would make elon person of the year for like the next decade you know you could say that i agree (laughs) with that uh this is what i run into with elon tell me you think about this I think the greatest thing he did in the world was buy Twitter and decriminalize conservative viewpoints because yes. it had to happen on a social media platform. But I think or Tesla. Yeah, well, there's that. But I'm <laughs> saying in terms of this year. Um, but I think the liability has been because he is politically active. I think he's making it easy for people to discredit the viewpoints on the app. Of course. Yeah, I think he should have bought it and got out of the way. But I think part of the reason he's in the way is it also boosts engagement. One thing I, I was questioning. As an Israeli, I can admit this. Mm-hmm. When he went to Israel, I think his message would have been so much stronger if he had not politicized it. Yeah. Like, you did not have to post Benjamin Netanyahu, yeah, especially yeah. who's right now in the heat of everything. Yeah, like, yeah. You could have went to Israel, showed the horrors, and not politicized it. And same thing with X. Like, the best thing he's ever done is community notes. Biden gets community noted every it's, day, but so amazing. do conservatives. Yeah, yeah. But now Elon himself seems to be amplifying conservatives which which selfishly i love but you're right it's yeah. like repulsing people to run to threads which i don't think is yeah no threads a whole X. to do in mark zuckerberg that was one of the bigger controversies of the year is that elon might have fought zuckerberg now remember they were talking and they were hyping about that now you as someone who covers sports um i was trying to explain to people that as much hype as there was surrounding this fight at the end of the day it was going to be really underwhelming because they're nerds they both grew up nerds. Yeah, and but it's still Elon and No, no, Zuck. I get that there's a significance to it, and we'd all watch it. What I'm saying is the quality of the fight. Like, Obviously. one of them would actually cry. Would cry. Probably Zuck. Nerds are emotional. Yeah, no, it would be Zuckerberg. No matter how much he's trained, people are like, no, no, he's an MMA guy. Zuck? Yeah, that they try to say that. But the oh. point is, when you are worth, like, $100 billion, the guy who you hired a kickbox with you is pulling punches. Right. And he'll let you get him in a headlock and get him down. It's like, you know those celebrity hunting clubs where they stack the woods with so many deers, the deer shoot themselves. It's impossible not to come home with a deer. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, if they, they have that with fishing, too, where there's no actually way. more fish than water. So if you're willing to take a selfie with a rod, you catch 71 fish. And you're like, I should have I a show on there. ESPN. I need to go there. Yeah, well, that is what probably Zuckerberg trains with. Yeah. You know, so he's probably is going to cry if he gets hit. But then, I still love to see of it. course, and Elon's like a, a a dumpy pothead. I love him, but I'm saying he's like a dumpy. At least pothead. he's like bigger. He's a bigger, chunky I'm guy. Sure, he could throw a punch. But he's also at an age where if you carry in that kind of belly, you could have a trigger heart attack. How old is he? Uh he's like fifty. Is he in his fifties? Yeah, uh, we could fact check that, but we don't fact check the rest of the show. Else? So why should we start now? <laughs> Just because Emily Austin showed up. Uh, <laughs> last thing, as we talk about 2023, put a bow on it. We should probably look forward to 2024. Do you have any predictions for 2024? Do you think someone's going to win an election? I don't care if you don't. Do you care if someone's going to win the Super Bowl? Do you think the world's going to get more contentious? Do you think somehow in the face of all this electoral division, we're going to downshift? What do you think's going to mm, happen? I think 
I have no freaking clue about the Super Bowl. I don't even know like who's doing well NBA. Right now. What do you like in the NBA? You're around the NBA a lot. What do I like? I don't yeah. know. Right now we're in like this weird part of uh, the in-season tournament. Yeah, which yeah. We're going to Vegas. I still don't get it. And yeah, nobody no, does. In my last interview, I asked the Spurs player, mm-hmm. so how are you guys do- doing in the in-season tournament? He's like, I have no idea. <laughs> so he <laughs> doesn't know. Don't expect. Literally, he yeah. said, we show up. I know if we win, we make money. And I'm Every- like, bet. All right. At the end of the day, 90% of society is Marshawn Lynch from the Seahawks. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Literally. And I think that's the best way to describe 2023. Back after this. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Emily Austin is still in studio. We couldn't get her out. The security <laughs> she wouldn't leave. <laughs> here, just, it's terrible. It's like we fed a stray cat. It won't go away. Uh, I will be on Hannity tonight in the 9 p.m. hour, closing that show, girlfriend. Uh, tomorrow morning, you see me on Fox and Friends first. 5.50 in the a.m. Who does oh, that? Lord, oh, Lord. And Apparently then, Todd and, and yeah, yeah, Carly every day. For a living. Uh, and then when we do the show tomorrow, uh, we are off to Tyler, Texas. Buckle up, Buttercup. We're going to be at Texas Music City on Saturday. If you pre-order my book, foxnewsbooks.com, bring your receipt. Uh, you will get an autographed insert for the book. So if you're giving it as a Christmas present or something in between. Assuming you read books and you're not like my guest here, who has just <laughs> confided in me with 20 seconds to go in the show that she doesn't read books. It's better to know Audio- now. Books. Well, listen, you fit in just fine on this show. Nobody's yeah. tuning in because they're going to copy off me on a test. Well, you said it's a third grade reading level. I'm uh, going to hold you accountable. And I was for probably that. exaggerating. Well, Emily Austin, we'll always have this. The show's over. Pay up and get out. <laughs> The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.